0: I'm Gary Chevalier, Connections Pastor at Parkway Fellowship's West Park location. I pray today you're uplifted and encouraged by the truth of God's word that you're about to hear and apply it to your daily life. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at connections at parkwayfellowship.com. Good morning. So glad that you're here today as we continue to talk about the things that Jesus wants to undo. You know, that if, if Jesus were to come back what are the things that he would want to undo in our culture, and what are the things that he would want to undo in our own hearts? And one of the big things that I know that Jesus would want to undo is essentially it's a lack of urgency. And, you know, when I say lack of urgency, I'm talking about a lack of urgency in telling other people about Jesus. You know, look, and I know, I know, I know, like telling other people about Jesus can be super intimidating, okay? But look, it doesn't have to be. It was never meant to be. And my hope is that after today, that it won't be. Okay? Now, if you're here today, well, actually, you are here today. So, (laughs) for those of you that are here today, and you're you're not a Christ follower yet, and maybe you came because you are invited by some friends, hey, you were invited because your friends care about you, because they want you to hear the message of Jesus, and I'm gonna tell you the message of Jesus super clear this morning, maybe even clear that you've ever heard it before. But I, I, I get that the majority of today is probably geared to people who are already Christ followers, but I'm telling you, God has some things for you today, and so I'm so glad you're here. In fact, you're gonna hear the most important news that you're ever gonna to need to hear because I'm gonna share the message of Jesus with you today. Um, in fact, I, I remember the very first time in my entire life that I shared Jesus with anyone. Okay. It was uh, right after I became a Christ follower when I was 11 years old. And so I'm 11 years old, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't know that much about Jesus, but I knew that he died on a cross to save me from my sins so that I could go to heaven when I died. And I was, I was so happy about that that I just wanted to tell people about it. But I didn't know where to start. So I remember... Uh, Literally, just two days after I became a Christ follower, I went into my parents' bedroom uh, because that's where the phone was in our house, and I thought, I'm going to call people and tell them about Jesus, okay? But I didn't know who to call, so you know what I did? I got this thing called a phone book, okay? (laughs) Now... If you're less than 40 years old, you might not have ever seen one of these before, okay? But this is what they used to call a phone book, and you can't believe how hard it was to find one of these suckers. But in the phone book, it lists, a phone book lists the names and phone numbers of every person in your community. And so if you want to find somebody, you just look up their last name, and then it's got their phone number listed right next to it. And so you just call them, and in case... You know, you want to make sure you're calling the right, you know, Matt Jones. It has their addresses right there, too, right? I mean, is that like the craziest thing to think about in our day and time? Okay. So anyway, so I, I, so I get out of the phone book. I don't know where to start. So I decided I'm going to just start with A. <laughs> so literally, I, pulled the, I got the name of the first person in the phone book, and I dialed them up. And in my most mature 11-year-old voice I could muster, I said, hi, my name is Mike McGown. I became a Christian at my church this week. Are you a Christian too? Like, literally, that's what I said. I, mean, I really hadn't thought through how this was going to I was just going to go with it. And so I was like, and so the lady that answered the phone, she was very nice. And, you know, she was a, she was a lady. And so she said, um, in our conversation, she said, um, thank you so much. I actually am a Christian. Congratulations on your decision to become one as well and I said, "Well, thanks. I got to go call the next person. Bye." <laughs> so then, I dialed the next person, the next the number 2 person in the phone book. They didn't answer the phone and they didn't have an answering machine, okay? Now, if you're under 40 years old, an answering machine is this little device you used to actually hook up to your phone that was actually plugged into your wall. And um, and you could leave a voice message on it. Now, if you've never seen one, they have them on display in the Smithsonian, <laughs> right next to a payphone. Okay, that's also there. And so they so I wasn't able to leave a message. So they, and then somewhere in the middle of dialing the third person, I don't know. God just spoke to my little 11-year-old heart, <coughs> and I just realized like there's got to be a better way, right? There just, there just has to be a better way. <clears throat> but here's the deal. My point is, is that like, I had this sense of urgency that I just needed to tell people about Jesus. Because what if they died and didn't know? Because you know, what if they died and they didn't know? <clears throat> because here's the deal. What I, dis- what I discovered is, is that not everybody has that same you know, sense of urgency. And, in fact, people have a lack of urgency to tell. And one of the things that Jesus wants to undo is a lack of urgency. Because, look, here's the thing. If someone lives their entire lifetime and they don't accept the love of Christ and his forgiveness. Okay, look, it's not like they just miss out on a free vacation to Disney and then just have to spend that time at home. No, no, no. They miss out on going to heaven. And they spend eternity in a place the Bible calls hell with no chance of escape. And so one of the things that Jesus wants to undo in us is this lack of urgency. And by the way, we're not the first ones to have a lack of urgency. In fact, one of the very first groups to have a lack of urgency was the 12 disciples. And Jesus undid that lack of urgency in their own hearts. And one day, In John chapter 4, Jesus and the 12 disciples, they actually have a a super famous encounter with a Samaritan woman at a well. And even though Jesus had never met this lady before, when he meets her, he tells her, without being prompted, he said, you have been married five times and the guy you're living with right now is not your husband. And that lady just stares at him, just, you know, and her mouth is open. And it, honestly, one of the funniest lines of the New Testament, she just, she says, Sir, I can see that you're a prophet. <laughs> I mean, you got to go read it. Like, it's just, it's just a fantastic story. And so Jesus begins to tell her about himself, and she becomes a believer in Christ. But here's the thing. Like, the disciples... They were with Jesus, but they didn't want to be there. In fact, they just wanted to leave. And they had no sense of urgency to tell her about that Jesus was the Savior of the world, and they certainly didn't want to tell anybody else that he was the Savior of the world. And here's why they had a lack of urgency. Um, and, and honestly, they were a little bit indignant about Jesus talking to this woman. And the reason is really two, two things. First is because she was a woman, okay? And now in that culture... Women had no rights and they had no status. So in the disciples' eyes, for someone as important as Jesus to go up and uh, talk to a woman, like, that was beneath him. Like, here's the greatest thing. Here's one of the great things about Jesus, is that Jesus elevated the status of women in a day and age when women had no status. And I love that about him because every person is important. Now, I don't, wanna, I don't really want to get off on that tangent, but that's the first reason why the disciples were indignant that Jesus was talking to this, this person. The second reason was not only was she a woman, but she was a Samaritan woman. Now, here's the thing. Jews hated Samaritans and Samaritans hated Jews. Here's why. Centuries earlier the Samaritans were actually, had actually, were actually Jews prior, but they intermarried with foreigners in their region who worshipped idols. And so in the eyes of the other Jews, they had contaminated their bloodline, and more importantly, they had mixed the worship of God with worship of idols. So the Jews looked on the Samaritans as half-breeds, And the Samaritans resented the Jews for their high and mighty attitude. So over the centuries, they had grown to really hate each other. And so the disciples are upset with Jesus because he's talked to this girl, this lady who's a woman. And worse than that, she's a Samaritan woman. And then Jesus, in one sentence, in one sentence, he undoes their thinking about, and and their whole lack of urgency. And here's what he says, plot your message notes, look at it, look what Jesus says here. In John chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus says this, he says, talking to the disciples, he says, do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Now doesn't that just undo a lack of urgency in your heart right there? I, like, now, in case that's a little confusing, let me, let me kind of go back and unpack it for you. Because in this very important verse, Jesus gives us some very important lessons that actually increase our sense of urgency. Here's the first thing that Jesus does with this verse, okay? And let's put this up there. Is that Jesus diffuses my excuses. He diffuses my excuses. Jesus quotes a common saying in his day, um, which honestly we no longer use. And the saying is simple. Four months more, and then the harvest. And it refers to the fact that, generally speaking, it takes about four months in their culture from the time you planted a seed until you could harvest the grain from that seed. And so they would say, four months more, and then the harvest, which basically for them meant, now all I gotta do is wait. But, over time, this saying Actually, had turned into an excuse to procrastinate. Okay, for instance, you know, like, you know, if you're at home and you, you know, guys, if you've got a, like a DIY project that you've been meaning to do, and all of a sudden your wife comes up to you and says, Hey, like we got a free weekend this weekend, like you're gonna go knock that out? And you're like, Oh, I mean, it, does not, it doesn't have to be done this weekend, I and mean, we can do that any old time. Basically, you're saying, Ah, four months more, and then the harvest. And that, that's what it was. It basically, it was an excuse to put something off until later. So when Jesus quotes this saying, he's busted the disciples for their excuse that they've been using to have this lack of urgency. And, and, and a lack of urgency to do what? To tell other people about Christ. Okay, Because look, Jesus is not talking about plants. He's talking about people. And so just as Crops are ripe to be harvested. People are ripe to hear about Jesus. And so Jesus diffuses their excuses. So, okay, what about us? What are the excuses that we use that basically put off telling other people about Jesus until later? Well, there's three excuses that I hear the most often, and I'll confess, like I've used some of these excuses myself. Here's the first one. The first one is, well, you know what? I don't know what to say. That, that's an excuse that a lot of people use. Another excuse is simply is this. It's like, well, what if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? Because we're like, I mean, if they ask that, then I, I don't know how to respond, so, uh, so I'm just not going to tell them because I've got to learn more. The third excuse, and I hear this one a lot, especially nowadays, is that I don't want to come across as pushy and offend someone. And that's the third excuse that we use. So here's what I want us to do for the next few minutes. I want us to go through each of these three excuses that we commonly use and let Jesus diffuse our excuses, okay? So the first excuse that we tend to use is the excuse of you're like well i don't know what to say so you know what i'm gonna tell you what to say that way you'll know now the first thing you gotta do when you're talking to people is you you have to get into a conversation with them about jesus okay that you got to get into that conversation now how do you do that for me the most non-threatening way to do that is to get into a conversation about church and i'll just you know in our conversation i'll will at some point in time when it's appropriate i'll just say hey you know do you do you guys regularly attend church anywhere and then you know they'll either say yes or no and then i'll tell them where i attend church i'll tell them well you know i attend church at the park now look i almost never tell them and oh by the way i'm the pastor <laughs> like total buzzkill like it just doesn't work so um Anyway, if they ask me what I do, I usually say, well, you know, I'm in sales. So, um, <laughs> just kind of true. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, but, but, but I'll say something like, yeah, you know, I go to the park and I love it, which, by the way, I totally do. And so, um, we'll get into this conversation about church. And, and I, I try to tell them, you know, God, God used church to totally change my life. And now, I'll try to give them something specific like... How he's you know changed you know my approach to marriage, or he's changed my approach to parenting, or he's you know changed my level of self confidence, or you know how he's helped me overcome a bad habit, and then at some point I will say, but and for me, let me tell you how it all started, and that lets me talk get into a conversation about how Jesus first came into my life. So I say, like, let me tell you how it all started. And then I can either, you know, you, on a napkin or on a piece of paper, on a paper towel, or even on my phone. I recently did this on my phone. And so um, what I want to do is I want to draw something on my phone. And our tech people tell me that they're going to be able to put it up here on the TV. And I want you, whatever you see on the TV, I want you to draw in that big space on your, your, your paper right there, okay? So I'm going to do this on my phone and you do it on your paper. So let's, let's put this up here. Oh, cool. Okay, here we go. So, basically, um, draw this. So, I live here on earth, you know, where you and I live. This is me, okay? And God lives up here in heaven, and I'm not even going to attempt to draw what God looks like, so I'm just going to, like, write his name, okay? But here's the thing. You and I are separated from God by sin. So, our sin is what separates us from God. Be be writing this down, okay? This is good stuff, okay? Um, (laughs) Okay. But here's the deal. I can't get to heaven on my own because I'm not perfect. You're not. I'm not. None of us are. And and, and so we would think that if my good deeds would cancel out my sin, but God says in the Bible it doesn't work that way. Sins aren't canceled out. Sins have to be forgiven. So I need somebody else to forgive me my sin because nobody else can forgive me my sin because they've got their own sins to deal with. Well, you know what? That's where Jesus comes in. Because when Jesus he died on a cross, let me get this up here. When Jesus died on a cross, his death pays for my sin, for your sin, for the sins of everybody on this earth. And if I accept him into my life and his forgiveness, then what that does is that that forms a bridge where I can get to heaven when I die, so I can spend eternity there. Now, if you're sitting here and you're one of those engineer types, you're like, oh, that's just too simple. It can't be that simple. Where's the Bible stuff that undergirds all of this? Okay, hang on. Here it goes. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. So I'm going to put this up here right next to the under the person, okay? In Romans 3, 23, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Then in Romans 6, 23, it says that the wages of sin... Is death, and that's talking about an eternal death. But the good news is, is that God tells us that um, He sent Jesus Christ to this earth to die for us while we were still—that's a five—while uh, we were still sinners. And then in Romans chapter ten, verse nine, it says that if we will confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. That essentially what God says is that if I'm willing to confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and believe in my heart that his death and resurrection paid for my sins and I I'll, I'll follow him, then I'll go to heaven when I die. That's essentially, and you could draw this on a napkin, on a paper towel, on a piece of paper, you could draw it on your phone, but I want you to have it so you'll know what to say. And so, usually when I draw this, I'll follow it up by asking two questions, and I want you to write these two questions somewhere, like, underneath this drawing on your paper, okay? The first question I'll ask is, um, does this make sense to you? Because I want it to be clear, and it gives them a chance to, like, ask some clarifying questions, because the point is, I want them to understand I want it to make sense, okay? The second question I'll ask is, is this something you would like to do now before i give them a chance to answer that i usually will will follow up with what we're going to do because i'll say because if it is something you want to do then we can pray a prayer right now and i'll just repeat it and you i'll say it, and you just repeat it phrase after phrase and you can become a christ follower right now so is this something you would like to do and here's the thing most of the time people say yes not always But most of the time, they say yes. And and here's the thing the more you do this, like the better you get at it. But here's the thing now you know what to say, and you can have it right there on your phone, okay? But what about the other excuses that we use? What about the question of, like, well, I mean, what if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to, okay? Here's my piece of advice to you, okay? Don't make something up that's how cults get started okay if you don't know the answer to a question like that's okay just tell them like hey you know what i don't know but i know somebody who will let me go find out and i'll get back with you then come ask me or one of the other pastors or your small group leader but what that does it lets you get back into a conversation with that person at a later date right so, don't just make stuff up, okay? Now, the third excuse is like, oh, well, you know what? I don't want to be pushy and offend someone. Like, look, I totally understand that. I really do. Because here's the deal Jesus was never pushy, He doesn't want you to be pushy. But here's the thing Jesus always directed His conversations to go somewhere. Always. And that's what you have to do. You have to direct your conversations to go somewhere. And I would encourage you to direct those conversations to go somewhere about church, and if it's going well, then you can direct that conversation about Jesus, or you know what? And, and that, that allows you to invite them to church, or talk to them about Jesus, or both. But you've, your conversations have to go somewhere. Okay? Now, those are the short answers for our excuses. But I, I I want to get to the second part of what Jesus says to, to us today in this, in this incredible verse. So in the second half of Jesus' verse, he gives us our second major point this morning, and that's this, is that God trusts me with people for a reason. And he trusts you with people for a reason. Look at the verse that's on, that, on the front side of that page. I know you're writing on the back, but just turn over to the front for a second. Jesus, the second half of the verse, Jesus says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And again, Jesus is talking not about plants, he's talking about people, okay? So look, here's here's what you got to remember. In Jesus' day, every field belonged to someone. Every field belongs to someone. And whose responsibility is it to harvest that field? Yeah, it's the person who owns it. So look, in the very same way, God has entrusted you with the people that are in your life. And each of us have different circles of people that we know. You, know you, you have a circle of people that you know at your work, at your school, at your gym, at the clubs or organizations that you're a part of, the, the teams and organizations that your kids are a part of, you know, your bunko group. Your, in fact, your most important circle is your kids if you're a parent. Okay, And God has entrusted those people to you in your life. For a reason. And the reason is much more than, you know, so I won't be lonely. Jesus says, open your eyes. Look at the fields. Look at those people. They are ripe for harvest. Look, not everybody is always ready to respond. But here's what I will tell you they are ready to hear and that's what jesus is talking about and how do i know they're ready to hear because jesus says that they are ripe to hear and and honestly that gives way to a deeper truth that really i think helps with our lack of urgency and the deeper truth is this or just write this down somewhere on your own is that god is already at work on the other side god's already at work on the other side listen when it comes to a grain in a harvest Who causes the grain to ripen? Is is that the farmer? No. Farmer doesn't do anything. God is the one that causes the grain to ripen. And I I know you're like, well, yeah, but God uses sunshine and and rain and just, you know, the natural course of events and things ripen. You know what? God does the very same thing in people's lives. He uses sunshine. That means the good things in people's life. He uses rain, the bad experiences in life. And he uses the, just the natural course of events to get our hearts ready to hear about his son, Jesus. See, God's already at work on the other side. He's just waiting for you and me to use those circles that he's entrusted us with to tell other people about him. Think about it like this when, uh, when ripened grain does not get harvested, what happens? Like It falls to the ground, and eventually it can't be harvested anymore. In the very same way, there are people that are a part of your, your circles of influence, your friend groups. There are people in those groups that will not be here next year. Some of them are going to move away. Some of them are just going to change friend groups. Some of them are going to change activities that they're involved in, so they're just going to naturally move out of your life. Some people might even pass away. But my point is, is that you don't know which of those people in your circles are not going to be here next year. And so, tell them. Tell them about Christ. I mean, what are you doing with the friendships that God's trusting you with? He wants those friendships to go somewhere. And look, he's already at work on the other side. So, would you make a commitment To get into a conversation about God, about church, or about Jesus, or all of it, would you make a commitment to start getting, directing those conversations that way? I know that might feel like like a big, scary commitment, but look, it doesn't have to be. Don't let the devil intimidate you. God's already at work on the other side. He's already getting ready. He's just waiting for you to take that step and start directing a conversation, right? Now, let's put this thing that was on my phone, let's put that back up here, okay? If you're sitting here today, and you've been staring at this on your piece of paper, because maybe for you, you realize, I've never crossed that bridge. I've never done what it takes to cross that bridge. Or you're wondering to yourself, I'm not sure if I've ever crossed that bridge and become a Christ follower. You know what? I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. There's a prayer that you can pray. It's at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before or, you know, a a prayer like it, asking Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then put him in charge of your life, I want you to do that right now. If you've never crossed that bridge, or you're not sure if you've crossed that bridge, then I want you to pray that prayer right now. And for those of you that have prayed that prayer before, while those people are praying, if you've already prayed that prayer, and you know for sure you're a Christ follower, then I want you to look at what happened that day after Jesus undid a lack of urgency in the disciples' hearts. Look at the very next verses. Verse 40 says this. It says, So when the Samaritans came to him, that's to Jesus, They urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. And after two two days, he left for Galilee. Awesome. Look, here's the thing. You can go through the phone book if you want to. You can make random calls to people if you want to. But look, God has already entrusted certain people in your life, and he's entrusted them to you for a reason. So don't let the devil intimidate you and use those excuses any longer. Direct those conversations to go somewhere. And in so doing, let Jesus undo that lack of urgency in your heart. It'll be the most exciting thing you've ever allowed him to do in you. Bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for allowing someone to share with each one of us at some point in our past. And for those that accepted you today for the first time, thank you that they came today so they could hear your message about your son for the very first time. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would undo that lack of urgency in our hearts and that you would help us realize that you have put those people in our lives for reasons and that we would take advantage of that. We wouldn't be intimidated and we wouldn't use excuses, but we would seize the moment knowing you're already at work on the other side, getting them ready, just like you got us ready for those of us that have accepted you. And so help us to do that and be clear about it. Get us ready, Father, and use us to spread the love and forgiveness of Christ to other people. Jesus, I pray for this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our weekly podcast from the Sunday Morning Experience. If you have questions, please reach out at connections at parkwayfellowship.com. Have a great week.